welcome back, everybody, to The Activity Continues. Amy's drinking. Sorry, I missed my cue. (laughs) So when we were in the development stage of this show, I reached out to some Facebook groups that I'm in looking for ideas for names for the show. And I had said that whoever gave us the name that we ended up choosing would get a shout out in our first episode. But I'm a dumbass and I forgot to give them credit in our first episode or even in our second. So here's my apology and thank you to Shannon Briner, who suggested the name. The activity continues. We loved it. We used it. And we are very grateful to her. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, Shannon. Um, she's from the group Stream Marinos, which is a My Favorite Murder offshoot group that discusses shows that are on streaming platforms. I wonder how many offshoots of My Favorite Murder groups there are. I'm there gonna, has to be like thousands. Yes. I'm going to guess at least a couple thousand. Yeah. Because I think I'm in like 10. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so mm-hmm. Shannon, thank you very, very much. And I'm so sorry that I spaced on mentioning you in our first couple of episodes. But here is your thank you and our gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Other little things of note. Well, this is not little. We got a new Twitter follower this week. And trust me when I say I legit squealed when I saw who followed us. Mm -hmm. I sent Megan a screenshot and I believe her response was shut the fuck up. All in caps. All in caps. And if memory serves, it was like shut period. The period. Fuck period up. Exactly. Yep. Uh, Megan, do you want to tell the lovely people who it was? Are you all sitting down? Because it is Amy fucking Allen. I know. She followed us. The real one, too. The real one. Trust me, I've been followed by the fake ones before, and I know which ones are fake and which ones are real. It was the real Amy Allen on Twitter. I almost shit my pants. I know. I'm like telling everybody I know and people (laughs) I don't. Like, people I don't. I'm like, hi, I'm Megan. Amy Allen follows me on Twitter. They're like, please step away from me. This is a grocery store. I don't know you. Ma'am, well, calm down. We don't ma'am. know who you are. And we don't know who she is. Step back. Six feet. Uh, that was pretty exciting, I have oh to say. Oh, my God. Uh, that is – I screamed. So, Amy Allen, if you're listening, we love you. We love you. And we're, we really hope you're listening. <laughs> and yeah. we hope and that the you- episode that I talk about today, I loved your hair. It was – like 40s kind of pin up oh. with a little um, purple on the bottom. Yes, oh. I remember when she did that. Girl, oh, I loved, loved that too. It. Oh, I mean, I love so all cute. of your looks, yeah. but that yeah. one was especially cute. Yes, yes. I love the pin up style. Really oh, cute. Yeah. And she can pull it off. I mean, oh, she pulls she can off, pull off all anything. Looks. She looks I good know. in all of it. I know she does. I know. So I had a personal goal of having 100 downloads before we released the second episode, which comes out tomorrow. Um, By the time you hear this, it will already have been out a week. Uh, And I'm happy to say that on the eve of our release, that's today, Today. we have 123 downloads. And And we're international. We are international, baby. Okay, so um, yeah, our downloads are 102 in the United States, 15 in Ireland. So Ireland, we want to know who you are. Come on, show yourselves. Shout out, because we love Ireland. That's right. And three in Belgium, two in Canada, and one in France. Ah, I studied in France in college, so I probably know the person in France who downloaded it. You probably do. We're probably Um, best friends. I'm studying French on Duolingo, Mm -hmm. and I have been for a couple of years, so. Yeah, you have. That should count for something. I think I'm at like 1,100 days in a row or something like that. Holy shit. Yeah. So anyway, that's the scoop there, and I'm pretty excited about that. Is there anything else we should cover? We already talked about our beverages. Megan had texted me earlier today and said, you know what? I want a white Russian. And I was like, ooh, that sounds good. And I remembered that I had one can of cut water, white Russian, in the back of the fridge (laughs) that I had been saving for a special occasion. And here it is. Is Does it taste good? It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. I have mine is Dash Fire Chai White Russian Cocktail. So it's got White Russian made with vodka, cream, and chai bitters, and it is teeny, teeny, tiny. It's <laughs> it's a little okay. mini. It's like a which is fine because I don't drink a lot, and so it's actually kind of the perfect size for me. Yeah, this. I mean, I can drink, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not my problem. My problem is that this is probably about 500 calories minimum. That's okay. Might even be more. But it's all I'm. Ha- it's only what I'm having. I'm <laughs> just having the one. So I think you go first this time. I think I so do. I'm excited. Um, oh, and I have things to say. I I know. Oh I, my god! You guys, I have things to say. Megan was texting me while she was fired up watching this and she was like mm-hmm. oh my god this person blah 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 and that person blah and i watched uh-huh. this one not yeah. too long ago it's episode i mean it's um season nine is that right yep episode four jumped and so i watched it i don't know a couple of months ago so i remembered some of it and then i saw a little bit more today when i was pulling out the sound bites mm-hmm. uh and i so i remembered it i didn't remember all of it but I'm I'm curious to hear what I have feelings. What you have to say about it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'll try not to gasp too much. But. Oh, that's okay. You can gasp. I can always cut it out. No, I like your gasps. Okay. Cut it out. <laughs> so I noticed that you. I know you did that in the first episode, and then you did it in the second episode. Did I really? <laughs> I think we have to. You have to do that in every episode. <laughs> stupid. No. I didn't know I did it that it's much. Funny. Okay. Okay, so I am covering season 13, episode 6 on Hulu. To be honest, I didn't check on Discovery to see what number it is. This is one that Megan suggested that I do because I think it was when we were recording our trailer, I had yeah. shared my screen yep. and I had the um I had the drive the open. Book. Yeah. Yep. And I was showing I was showing Megan all the different notes I had been taking and the pictures I had snapped mm-hmm. of the sketches and stuff. And she saw a sketch from this one. And she was like, I need to see what that is. I want to know all mm-hmm. about this. And so um, she's been asking me ever since, when are you going to do that one? When are you going to do that one? So um, you're very nice. It's honestly, I've been hounding you. <laughs> no, oh, I didn't feel like- that way. Amy's like, God, I don't know what episode to do. And I'm like, 13-6? Episode 13-6. <laughs> so. And not... I'm like, thir- I don't even know which one that is. <laughs> no. And then I, I looked like, it up. I was like, demons. It's got demons. <laughs> Alrighty. So. So we're like one sentence in at this point. Yeah. <laughs> We've been recording for 30 minutes and. <laughs> one sentence in. It's going great. <laughs> well, you know. We got to gab. Yeah, we got to gab a little bit and we don't want to, um, we don't want to gab too much. Right. Because people don't like that. Then they, then Amy's got to cut a lot. Yeah, I'll just, cut it, I'll just cut it all out anyway. So when I, when I saw the sketch for this one, I was like, I don't even know if that's really the sketch that Megan saw because it's not that scary. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of cute. We'll see. We'll see. You can tell us. So in this season, in the prologue, at one point, Amy says, the dark is getting darker. And every time I hear that, my brain does a call and response with, and Leon's getting larger. What's that from? <laughs> from the movie Airplane. Oh, yeah. With uh, Leslie <laughs> that, yeah, Nielsen. Yeah, Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. And that goofy guy that would run around and do stuff. Like, it's a big, pretty white plane with curtains in the windows and wheels, and it looks like a big Tylenol. <laughs> I, I know most of that movie. But anyway, so I, every time I would watch that whole season, mm-hmm. every time Amy would say the dark is getting darker, I would yell, and Leon's getting larger. <laughs> anyway, so I have a content warning. Um, this is, there's child harm that happened in the past, but it's mm-hmm. just talked about. It's not, I mean, it's just talked about. That's it's, all. We just talked <laughs> about just it. talked about. I um, mean, get it's, over it. <laughs> it's just very briefly mentioned. And then, okay. um, and then their children in this story are in danger right now. Now, right? During, well, <laughs> not today, oh. not today, January twenty seventh. <laughs> but when it was recorded, have you talked to them? Are they okay? <laughs> I'll, I'll give them a call when we are done. Yeah, text them. <laughs> okay. okay, and. And that, and this is not funny. I don't know why we're laughing so hard. Okay, so child harm in the past. Children in the house are in danger, 
at the time of this episode. And um, there is mention of rape in dreams. Oh. A woman has dreams that she's being really? raped. Really? Oh, Jesus. I mean, what I said just now is not much yeah. more than what you're going to hear later. A little yeah. a little bit more, but not much. Yeah. So, um, That's got to be it's still It's still um, horrible. Yeah, horrible. So this takes place in Oakland, Oregon. The family is Jamie is the wife, mm-hmm. mother. Scott is a husband slash father. And there's mm-hmm. three children. Brayden, who is 16. Alex, who is 12. Hunter, who is 7. They're all boys. Okay. They show a portion of what I assume is their submission video, which is kind of mm-hmm. new, I think, in season 13. I don't recall them doing oh, that before. No. So they believe, it's just a very, very short snippet. And they believe that something there is going after the kids. Oh, jeez. So Amy arrives, and the first thing she says is... Oof, I do not like it in here. First thing she says when she gets out of the car. She Mm. says there's a living person who is being influenced, and it's scaring her. Oof. It's scaring Amy, or it's scaring the person who's being influenced? Okay. Steve arrives and Jamie explains, Jamie's the mother, explains that they are constantly on edge. They hear voices, things move on their own, shadow figures, Oof, never mood good. changes. I know, never so, good. So many things. Yeah. I mean, so many things that happen over and over and over in these shows. Mm-hmm. And then she says that Hunter, the little one, mm-hmm. gets really angry with his siblings and he hits him and screams at him and that's not like him at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jamie breaks down and Steve offers his hanky. Takes his little hanky out and gives it oh to her. Oh my god. Okay. Here, take take my hanky. Cute. So cute. I know. And I made a note because we were talking about the way he dresses. Mm-hmm. I made a note in this one that he is dressed in I I wrote just a polo today. Just oh. like a, dress him down. <laughs> my notes I wrote, I mean I assume he's wearing pants, but <laughs> Because I said just a polo. Just a polo. <laughs> what I meant was, he wasn't wearing his typical. I mean, like, he takes suit. he takes casual Fridays really seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she saw a big batwing creature, <gasps> and she no. says, "When I first walked in, what I saw was like a big winged creature." And I'm like, oh, no. And she thinks it's in a living person and is making them lash out. No, no, no. So we're talking possession. Little boy. Yep, yep. No, 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 no. No, thank you. I'd like to re- I'd like to leave, please. <laughs> no. You're here for a bit. Shit. Jamie, the mother, also says she's being watched in the shower. Pervy demon. Yes, pervy demon. She says her husband has to be in the bathroom with her when she um, when she takes a shower because she's too freaked out. Oh. And Steve asked her what the thing looks like, and she's or how big it is or something. Or he asked her to describe, to describe it. I can't it. remember exactly. Probably. Yeah. And he she says it's about the size of like a nine to ten year old child. <gasps> then we're about go back to Amy. Um, she sees someone standing in the doorway, and she thinks it's the winged thing. Mm-hmm. But she says the people think it's an illusion. And then she says. So I feel like a living person here knows that that this is a potential threat to to their life. So this isn't like you're run of the mill haunting like this is we're kicking it up a notch. This is this is creepy town. Big time. Mm-hmm. Jamie feels like somebody gets into the bed with her. <laughs> She said she felt somebody run their finger down her butt and onto her leg. No, thank you. Yep. And she has really bad, vivid nightmares of being raped or what she says is touched by evil. Wow. She says she can't see it, but it's a dark presence that she knows wants to kill her, which is what Amy just experienced. Yep. Yep. Um, When Steve asks if she's going to leave, if she would leave, if Amy said she should, she said she wants to stay and fight. Okay, th- this is not like a burglar. Like, this is demons. Yeah. I don't know why humans think they can fight no. demons and aliens and shit, but... Nope. Yeah. Especially especially people who don't have any experience, but... Yeah. 
and who can't see them the way Amy can. Like, yeah. at least Amy could stand a chance because she would be able to see them. These people have no clue. Right. They're right. only seeing him, I'm assuming, when they when this entity lets them yeah. see them. Oh, yeah. For sure. I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. So they cut to Amy and she says, I would be afraid to go to bed at night. Yeah. She said, um, the female is being attacked and the woman knows that it wants to kill her. Wow. Then... Steve goes and talks to the husband. Are they in the garage? No, they weren't in the garage. <sighs> I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. They were in the living room. So weird. So this guy's a big dude. He uh, used to be a cop and he was mm-hmm. in the military. Mm-hmm. He said he was sitting on the couch and he felt a thump on the back mm-hmm. of the couch. And he thought maybe a dog banged into it or something because they have a couple dogs. And he turned around. And there was nothing there. He sometimes sees a shadow figure racing down the hallway which is the size of a child. He said it was about this high, about to his elbow. And he was uh-huh. a big guy, like I said. He's 6'2 yeah. or so. So, you know, good size. Yeah. Probably up to here on me. Yeah, probably like my head. Like <laughs> yeah. normal me size. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so he also sees a giant shadow thing that is about six feet tall. And he woke up one middle of the night and it was leaning over his wife. He jumped out of bed. Oh to, my God. to get a better look or to get close to it, and it was gone. And he is a hundred percent sure he was not dreaming. Yeah, he sensed or it boozing. was or boozing exactly. No boozing. Um, Steve didn't ask him if he was boozing this time. Ah, oh, Steve. But getting lazy in season thirteen, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so he uh, he he says he feels helpless, and of he course. starts as he's talking to Steve about how he feels helpless, and he says it makes him feel useless, and he's out. Breaking up, his voice is cracking yeah. and everything. Yeah. And Steve says, not being able to protect your family is the worst feeling in the world for a man. Which I don't know how much we want to get into here. Yeah. But I got to say, society and patriarchy has done a fucking number on men as well. Yep. For men he to have to t- feel that way. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's men doing that mm-hmm. to other men. I mean, mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's men that created that whole thing. Um, do we remember the Golden State Killer and the guy who stood up and said he only, if he attacked me, I would never let him assault my wife? And he did. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yep. I mean, don't no, remember that, but. <laughs> I was right there in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I do remember that story. Yeah. So yeah. it's, you know, it's that whole macho bullshit. I know. Lesser of a man, quote unquote. And right. It's bullshit. Right. Should be the worst feeling for a person. For anybody. Anybody. I mean, I don't know why why it has to be the man who has to protect everybody. There's plenty of badass women that could kick the ass of something or somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to go down a road there. but Yeah. Well, that's for another time. Yeah. That's for a bonus episode. Uh (laughs) Yes. Anyway, so then Amy, um, she sees a dead boy, child. He has light hair. And she sees a child shadow figure. Never good. She thinks the living people would see, would feel it jumping on the couch or the bed. Like he did. Dad just explained. Yep. So Steve is talking to the the kids. He's got three of them sitting on the couch and he's talking to them. The middle kid says that the TV turns off and on randomly and he hears voices. The oldest kid says he hears toys shuffling behind the couch. And when he gets up to look, there's nobody there and his brothers are asleep. Uh Uh-huh. Then the littlest one, Hunter. Hunter. Cute little boo. Yep. He says he feels an invisible finger touching his back. And that sometimes his tummy hurts real bad. Sometimes. Um, my tummy just hurts really bad. Oh, my God. And then Steve says. Huh. Some bad stuff he's got going on here. So Brooklyn. Then Amy sees a shadow child and the dead child together in the kids' room. She's worried because this means that the shadow has successfully killed a child. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yep. She thinks that it wants a living child in the house. Okay, so now Steve is investigating. Uh, he meets with Janice Sellers, who is a genealogist. Not a gynecologist. Not a gynecologist. <laughs> Uh, Janice talks about the Maupin family. Uh, they were early European settlers in 1866. The dad was driving his cart, who's a farmer, uh, cotton farming, and he was drunk while he was driving the cart. He flipped it. 
he was suffocated by the bales of cotton. Wow. His son was with him. His son's name is Captain. His mm-hmm. son was with him on the truck, but did not get hurt. Mm-hmm. He grew up, took over the farm, married a woman, Minnie. Her name was Minnie Maupin. He died with heart problems mm-hmm. uh, in the house. Mm-hmm. Then his wife, Minnie, died two years later, also with heart problems. Uh, mm-hmm. In 1936, she was 67. So, oh, and Steve meets with the genealogist, he's now wearing his suit again. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. I was uncomfortable with him not being in I know. It, so. it was weird seeing him without uh, Unnerving. his suit on. I know. So Amy sees a dead woman with very long hair and a twisted face who lived her life there. Mm-hmm. She saw her as a young girl who was doing farm work and had heart issues. And then she sees her grow older and die. And she's in a decomposing slash mummified state. Ooh. Yeah. She says she's very powerful and is harvesting electricity. So the living may see things going off and on. Mm-hmm. And lights doing things. Or then, a TV. Yes. So then Steve goes to talk to Jeff Davis. I can't remember what his deal is. Mm-hmm. I think he's a historian. Yeah. Uh, and he found a story about a love triangle turned oh, deadly. No, love triangles never end well. Nope. It's two men, one woman, uh, Alfred Kincaid and Samuel Brown. They were both in love with Miss Mattoon. She doesn't have a first name. Miss yeah. Mattoon. Uh, one of the guys killed the other. Brown killed Kincaid, shot him in the chest. And it happened nearby since the whole town, even right now, the whole town is only a square mile. And back Holy then it was cow. even smaller. Yeah. The kid was found guilty uh, was sent to jail. He was let out of his jail cell to go to breakfast, and he disappeared. He was never seen again. What? Do they think he escaped? Yes. They did find that two bars had been sawed off of the windows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that's what happened. But yeah. it's interesting that he was never found. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know. I guess Like he- the Alcatraz guys that escaped. Right. I forget right. their names, but. I don't remember either. In um, side note, in my other podcast, Volstedland, we yep. talk about Machine Gun Kelly. Yep. Just listen. He was one of the first prisoners in Alcatraz. His number was like 100, 175 or something. Wow. Okay. So Amy sees two men fighting. One has a gun. Mm-hmm. She's outside now. She's not in the house. Um, mm-hmm. She sees them rolling around on the floor, and she goes, oh, okay, I get it. They always fight. These two are always fighting. Mm-hmm. So the living people might hear stuff rolling around on the ground, which is them rolling around on the floor. Mm-hmm. She hears a gun go off and knows that one of them was murdered. So then Amy sees um, a person is becoming Im- unbalanced a living person is becoming mm-hmm. unbalanced, throwing things, punching things, lashing out. And it's all from this winged thing. Mm-hmm. And she thinks that this child who's doing this can actually cause harm to the family members. Mm-hmm. Then we go to the sketches. She sketches the old angry dead woman who's in her sixties yep. yep. and the winged demon who is possessing the little boy. Okay. So now we're at the reveal. Yep. And I think this is one of the, early ones where Amy is not in the room with people. Oh, she is on a monitor. Mm -hmm. Steve says she is in another room in the house so that she can concentrate and focus on the case as well as the dead without any distractions. Mm -hmm. It is also in the time of COVID. Yeah. So I'm going to guess that it's because of that more than anything else. Yeah. Because that doesn't really make any sense. No, especially given that they've done 12 seasons with them not doing that. Right. And she hasn't had any issue focusing her. Right. Right. And it would make sense if, like, she was at the hotel or something. Mm -hmm. But they say she's in, like, the bedroom down the hall. Mm -hmm. I would think that she would be distracted by ghosts there, too. Yeah. So, I I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. I'm not saying they're lying. I'm just saying it's, it's confusing to me. Yeah. So first, she talks about the dead woman who was a hard worker. She suffered from heart issues that ended up killing her, died in her 60s. -hmm. She said she can get very angry and harvest the electricity. And that's why they have electrical issues. Mm -hmm. The family confirms this is what happens. And they they explain what they see. And Amy verifies it's her. 
Steve then goes, hey, that sounds like Minnie Maupin. <laughs> she had this myocarditis and she passed away on the property. Annie shows the photo of Minnie and her husband, Captain. Mm-hmm. He asks if it could be her. And Amy says, well, I had a sketch done. What a nice segue. <laughs> Steve pulls out the sketch. They put it next to the picture. You saw it, right? Yep, I'm looking at it right now. Identical. Yeah. Looks yeah. just like her. Even the hair. Yeah. Yep. It's, 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 yeah, bananas. It's like, again, like they were drawing it from that picture, like with the guy last week. Like the grandpa one from last time, yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah, they look exactly the same. So then Amy talks about the two kids who are holding hands, one of them, which is a legit dead kid, and the other one's a shadow kid. She said the shadow kid creates a ruckus. Amy asks the parents if they've um, felt anything. And the mom and dad are like, yep, we know that one. Yeah. Amy explains how the shadow kid tricked a kid to stay with him. Which reminds me of, like we talked about last time, what happened to Amy when she was yep. young. Yep, yep, to bite the cord. Yeah, yep. very similar. Yep. So this uh, shadow kid keeps the other kid with it so that it can entice other children. Mm-hmm. She does believe it has its sights set on one of the children here. Mm-hmm. And now both parents are crying. Oh, I'm sure they are. I would cut the interview short and I'd be like, we have to go pack now. Oh, well, hang on. So, yeah, <laughs> let's go pack up. Yeah, so, like, let's um, leave. Yeah, so Steve asks Jamie to talk about what the kids see and then asks Amy which one the shadow is after. And she says, Alex, the middle kid, where... You know, Hunter's the one. At least I thought up to now that it was Hunter. Yeah. And then Amy gets like, and she goes, I want to talk about something that I'm really worried about. And she tells him about the winged creature. She says it is making them feel sick. And all I can think of is poor little Boo Boo's tummy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's making him angry and is showing and he is showing violent behavior. She thinks we're dealing with a possession. Mm-hmm. And now everybody at the table is crying, including me. Oh. Uh, not that I was at the table, but um, you should have felt been. Like I, I felt like I was. She says there's a possibility that the child could do harm to the family. Mom loses it and gets up to take a break. Mm-hmm. I don't think she was packing, but she said, she I got to get out of here. And dad follows. And and then you can hear she's, her mic's still on and you can hear her. And she's like, it's Hunter. I know it's Hunter. And they come back and Steve says to the mom, are you okay, sweetie? And then he says, I want to give you this and pulls out a hanky that is like a foot and a half by a foot and a half. <laughs> and they all, they all kind of chuckle. Oh my God. So I, had, I wanted to uh, thank Steve for lightening the mood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then mom talks about Hunter and his tummy issues and Amy confirms it is possessing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, She knows that a woman here is feeling fingers on her and her legs are being forced open. (gasps) And that's when Jamie explains her rape nightmares. Uh And Scott talks about how he woke up one night and the creature was hovering over Jamie. And then Steve opens. Oh, this is sketch number two. Uh, Yeah. And no, thank you. Steve opens the envelope and says, fuck. At least I think that's what he said. You know, they bleep it, but it, that's what his mouth looked like. And he shows the photo to everyone, and they all gasp and are all, like, covering their eyes and yeah. crying. Amy says it's pure evil, and it's possessing Hunter, and it wants to take out as many people in this house as possible. So then we go to um, commercial. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Steve, Steve says, I don't know who looks more surprised here. You or me. Now, you thought there was something deadly here, but I don't think any of us thought there was a winged demon in your house. Oh, Steve, you scamp <laughs> with your jokes. <laughs> but I'm Ching. <laughs> <laughs> so she says, yeah, take, you have to take care of the demon and the possession. So you need a demonologist to come in and do an exorcism of Hunter mm-hmm. or on Hunter, mm-hmm. however you say that. Mm-hmm. And then an exorcism of the location. Steve asks for confirmation that this will get rid of the winged demon. And Amy says, yeah, that should get rid of that fucker. <laughs> and then next up, they have to get a psychic medium. Uh-huh. Is that how she said it? That's how she said it. Psychic. <laughs> <medium. laughs> 
Especially so if next- Amy listens. She's going to be like, you bitches are making Quit fun Quit making of me. fun of me. God. We love you, Amy. We, we love, love you. Amy. Yeah. I have joy when she when she says words funny. I do, too. I think it was a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, it. Yeah, she's so cute. Okay. So anyway, uh, next up, they have to get a psychic medium to come in and get Minnie out of there. Mm-hmm. Get out of there, Minnie. <laughs> Minnie, you stinker. <laughs> So they have to get rid of the shadow child. She would like the two who come in, the psychic medium and the demonologist, to come in, come back later and remove the shadow person and the child. Mm -hmm. And if they can't get rid of it, then it would be what she called a move situation. (laughs) Okay. They promise to do what Amy suggested. And then the update is six weeks later. And it's a video update. Oh, New. They say, yeah, it's the husband and wife. And they say, things are great. The demonologist cleared the house and property. And, quote, the feeling here is amazing. They thanked him, but they didn't say anything about an exorcism of Hunter. Mm-hmm. They said that she cleared the house and the property. So I don't know if they did an exorcism on the child or not. Or maybe, maybe just clearing the property and the house was enough. Or what if it's darker and the demons possess them all? And is just telling them to say that <gasps> so people leave them alone. Oh my goodness. But really, everybody succumbed to the I demon. don't like that answer. I don't why it's nine thirty and I'm in my basement. You think I like that answer? <laughs> I don't like thinking too. of it. So uh, So that's that. We need the Warrens stat. Yeah, that, except that they were frauds. Full of shit. And they're dead. So it's really <laughs> rough. Are they both dead? I thought I she was so. still alive. I thought, oh, no, she just died. She died yeah. fairly recently. Yeah, he died a while ago, I think. Yeah, and she, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think um, I think they were kind of... Um, I think that's the consensus now. That they were kind of... of yeah, full of... I mean, they might have... They might have had some... Some, thing. but I think they exaggerated it. Yes. Way, yes. way, 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 way. Yes. For fame and doll hairs. (laughs) Not to make an Annabelle joke or anything, but. Oh, do and there we go. And now we've brought Annabelle into this. (laughs) We were having a nice night just talking about demons. Just talking about demons and. And now you bring her into it. I, I won't even say her name. Like Emma, and that's why we drink. They don't say, I don't think they say Robert the doll. I think they call it RTD. They won't even oh, really? say. Yeah, they won't even say his name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need to listen to that podcast more. I've only oh, heard a few episodes, I, and I like it. I like it. I love it so yeah. much. There, so they were supposed to come mm. fucking April of 2020, and I bought tickets. And then what happened? I remember then? that. Mm-hmm. So then they were supposed to. It got pushed back to August of 2021, and then it got pushed back to January of 2022, and now it's pushed back to May. And I don't, I'm going by myself because I'm like, I don't, I need to see them mm-hmm. because I love Em and Christine. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't, like, if I, when I see them, it'll be like wine and crime where I just, yeah, girl, I was sweating so hard. Like, that was so fun for listeners. Megan and I went to see, uh, the wine and crime gals, gals do oh, a, gosh, a live show. Ago. When they were first, I think it was when they were first getting to be really known. Yeah, they weren't as famous as they are now, mm-hmm. but um, it was OGs. a blast. It was really oh, fun. It was so fun. Super fun. They yep. were, yeah. Until we were outside waiting for our lift, and oh uh, god, a, a I forgot about that criminal type came ran past racing us, racing down the street, nearly crashed into us, and then and like, we were like, "What the fuck was that?" And as we turn around, two, two cops, cops are running right after him. Yep. Light, fast as lightning, he runs across the street into traffic, yep. nearly got hit, yep. and then ran down like Seventh Street or something. Yeah. And, we- and then Amy and I looked at each other and we were like, mm, "Maybe we should wait inside." Yeah. Yep. Oh my god, that I forgot about the. And then we got the in our with death. our lift. I know. Yeah. We got in our lift and we told the guy what happened. He's like, "Well, you're in the car with me. You're safe now." And I'm like, "Well, unless we get unless carjacked. you're a murderer, yeah, I don't know you." <laughs> We don't know. Brandon. I don't know. That wasn't his name. <laughs> I don't remember his name. I don't remember his name. He was probably. We got home nice safe. Guy. Yeah, we did. Long story short. But it was a little. It was. A little 
intense. I do not like downtown Minneapolis. Oh, I don't go downtown at night anymore. No. After I moved away from uptown and I moved out to the burbs, I am so fucking soft now. Yeah. Like, I used to be, I lived right in the middle of uptown. Yeah, you did. Shit was going on. It was fine. I didn't care. I felt fine. I felt safe. And just before we moved out of uptown, people were getting mugged, like, at three o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. Yep. A block away from my house. And so when we decided to move, and it wasn't because of that. Um, My husband just wanted to move out of the house we were in, um, probably because it was haunted. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was. But it was definitely haunted. That's why I wanted to stay, by the way. (laughs) But um, yeah, once when we decided to move, I was like, you know what? I think think maybe I'm okay with this. Yeah. I think I'm okay moving out to the burbs as much as I fought it. But Mm -hmm. now that I'm here... I love it. Hey, everyone. We want to welcome our new sponsor, Gobble. As you know, life can get pretty hectic. Between work, errands, and family time, who always has the energy to plan, shop for, and cook delicious meals every night? That's where Gobble comes in. It's a meal kit service that takes the stress and guesswork out of dinner. I used to dread the what's for dinner question every night. Gobble has been a game changer. They deliver fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and easy-to-follow recipe cards right to your door. Exactly. No more last-minute grocery runs or scrambling for inspiration. Plus, the recipes are incredibly diverse. From healthy options to comfort food classics, there's something for everyone. And let's not forget that cooking together can be a fun family activity. Gobble's recipes are simple enough to involve everyone in the kitchen, even the little ones. So if you're looking for a way to make delicious, stress-free meals that the whole family will love, head over to the link in the show notes or on our website to get your first six meals for $36. Make dinner amazing. We want to give a shout out to our newest affiliate partner, Just Brands. This is the company that makes the CBD and THC gummies that I have been talking about. I have purchased both the Delta 8 and the Delta 10 versions, and they're really nice. They're actually really tasty too, but I wouldn't recommend just eating a ton of them at once. I did buy them to help me sleep. And well, let's just say that one night I took one and when I went to bed, I felt myself melting into my bed. It was lovely. For a limited time, you can get 20% off these treats when you go to justcbdstore.com or just follow the link in the show notes and then use our promo code activity24. This offer is good until March 27th. So get your gummies now. Anyways, okay, yeah. so okay. on to my story. And you guys, yes. I've got so many feelings, okay? Like, <laughs> I took nine pages of notes. And normally I take like four. So, Oh, my goodness. At the end, though, I have a feeling I'm going to go on a rant just because Mm. – anyway, we'll get to it. So, Good, good. um, So we get there and um, so Steve arrives and he's interviewing Kelly. And, oh, this takes place in Sauk Center, Minnesota, which is why I did it. Oh, right, right, Because it's Minnesota. (laughs) Have you ever been to Sauk Center? No, isn't that by St. Cloud? I don't know where it is. I've never been there. I th- I think it's by St. Cloud because they said, Steve's like, it's about an hour and a half northwest of the Twin Cities. And I'm yeah. like, you're so Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> or Jersey. I don't know. I get Isn't those. that actually, though, like a Minnesota thing to say the time? As no, opposed it, to it saying. It was. Yeah. I'm saying um, uh, the, his accent was. Oh, his accent. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, don't most. Other people that live in other states, don't they say it's 15 miles, miles west yep. of or whatever? And then we here in Minnesota are like, it's 20 minutes. Yep. Oh, so it is northwest of St. Cloud even. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it is. She's far. Um, so that's why Canada. I did this. I know. Get your passports ready. So <laughs> he, um, Get your so passports ready. We're going to Sox Center to... AKA Canada. A, uh, it's, a, it's a hotel. Yeah, it's called right? the Palmer Hotel. Mm-hmm. And so he sits down and interviews Kelly. So she sits down with him and she is like, this place is important to me. No matter what Amy tells me, I'm not going to leave. I love it here. She said, this is, 
she feels, she says at the end that this is her purpose in life is to be a steward for this hotel. And I'm like, okay. Okay. But then she said she's questioning her safety. She said she hears footsteps. She sees objects move, sees shadow figures. People report being touched and being pushed. And this includes both employees as well as guests. Like, it's not yeah. just her. It's, it's everyone. So she said there's so much activity that she actually has a binder for guests to write down their experiences. And then a she keeps binder. it. A binder. Yep. So they write it on a piece of paper and it's very organized. Right. Okay. Well, so right there, red flag that she's she's liking this yes activity yep. a little bit too much yep yep oh my god did you hit the nail on the head we'll get into <laughs> it so how does it steve's like well how does it affect employees so she said they randomly quit she said they have extreme and sudden mood shifts they become argumentative they become quarrelsome um, and she said it also affects her. She's anxious and she gets easy, um, angry easily and she's short tempered. So they go in the kitchen and, um, Kelly says, you know, she said, suddenly I'll get super, super nauseous with no explanation out of nowhere. And when I leave, it gets better. She said terrible headaches as well, just completely affecting her physically. She said she hears voices, uh, male, female. She said she hears kids laughing, kids playing. And Steve goes, well, this is a hotel. It's very busy. Could it be guests? And she goes, no, most of the time it happens after they're closed. And then she said one time she was passing through the kitchen and a large mixing bowl flew 10 feet across the kitchen. And you can see it on top of those, you know, those... um like restaurant style fridges that are really tall and silver. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so Steve mm -hmm. reaches up and he's like pushing it. He's like, this is heavy. It would just fall off. And she was like, no. And he goes, you're damn lucky. It's that, not a knife. You could have been killed. Yeah. And she goes, I know. <laughs> you're telling me, man. I know. And the director's like, cut, cut. That was great. Just a little more feeling. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> so then they go in the basement, which fucking don't, as I'm in the basement, people don't go in your basements. And then we get Wyatt. He's just there to be there. So there's a very large black shadow in the basement. They Black shadow being in the basement. She said it's very large. It's broad shouldered. The reason she called them in is because she's been jumped. And they, when they say jumped, they mean that the spirit has entered and taken over her. And so she said it felt manly and she thinks it wants her to leave. So what was the feeling like? It was absolutely like somebody had complete control over my body so then we move to Wyatt so he's he's lived at the hotel for maybe seven months and Steve is like do you think it's dangerous and he goes well it's not dangerous but he's worried and um so he said when he was sleeping he felt someone crawl into bed with him no. put its arm across his chest and he said he felt like he was being shocked by an electric fence as it was touching him and then he said he thought of climbing out the Has window. Has he been shocked by an electric fence before? Like, that seems kind of... That might explain a lot. Like, electrocuted, I get, but, like, that was very specific. That would explain a lot. So then he said he went in the basement. So I went into the basement as quick as snapping my fingers. Something had entered me. The insides of me, it was almost like they, they had changed. The, my emotional state had changed. I felt like a, a sickness had just kind of embedded inside of me. So then Steve is like, okay, so... You felt something crawl into bed with you. You've been jumped, but you don't think this is dangerous. And Wyatt goes, well, I can see how maybe you would think that. Oh, my God, Wyatt. <laughs> Just, I can't. So then here we go. We're talking. I can't with you. So he we go to Brett, who's Kelly's husband. And you guys, the plot thickens. Here's where we learn about ghost tours. Ah. And they're doing ghost tours. And Steve goes, oh, I'm going to tell you right now, Amy's not going to like that. Uh -huh. He's worried. Amy's going to be pissed. She's pissed. So Brett is worried that she's going to bring something home, that something's going to attach to her, which valid fear. Very, Very valid. valid. They hear glasses. So they're standing in the bar at this point and they hear glasses clinking together. Um, Not at the moment, but. You know, overall. Not right now. Not right here. now. January, January 27th, 27th at 9.37 p.m. I mean, they might, but... And he said, one time a bottle suddenly shattered out of nowhere. 
like no reason for it. So then they have random Palmer guests. Like these people don't have names or anything. They're just people who stayed there. It's like, okay, so. And they talk to them on camera. Yeah, they talk to them. But they don't give their names. They don't, I don't think they gave them a name. So I named them woman one, man, and woman two. Okay. So woman one said she heard a noise like an explosion. The man said he stayed overnight and a wicker chair moved on its own and he saw shadow figures. And then a woman, too, said she was shoved by a shadow figure. Yeesh. So now we go to Jill. I don't know how to say Abba. Abba Hassian. She's a historian. And she talks about the original owner, Cassius Sprague, who was an early pioneer. And he was a soldier in one of the bloodiest battles in the Dakota War. It was the Battle of Fort Ridgely. And on December 26th, 1862, 38 Native Americans were hung. And it was the largest mass execution in U.S. history to date. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, of course, I've never heard of it. No. Because we don't teach that shit. And it's in in our our schools. It's in our state. Yep. Maybe they do now. But when I was a kid, we didn't learn any of that. No. Nope. So then we go to the History Museum and we get kind of a Rocky montage with uh, <laughs> Steve looking like, like it's Rocky, literally, Rocky. yeah, like he's like a montage of him going through <laughs> newspaper <laughs> clippings. <laughs> literally, <laughs> he's holding a, mi- a magnifying glass, like looking at, I'm like, Steve. Like he's Inspector. Um, so then he talks to Mark Roberg, who's a reporter. And the details get juicy because on April 17, 1929, a policeman was found killed with a bullet in his head. Yikes. The bullet entered his nose, next to his nose and up into his head. The way bullets go. Um, the coroner ruled it an accidental discharge of a firearm. However, the round that was found does not match the rounds that were in his gun. And his gun was fully loaded. So, well, so Steve then, thinks it was a homicide obviously. and it was a cover-up. Mm-hmm. So, oh, wait. The police are covering up something? <laughs> that never happens. That never happens. That can't be it. So, um, yeah. So he, um, Steve was like, well, I would rule that a homicide. That's so, why you were a homicide That's why you so were a, and you have your ring. Yeah. Um, and it's shown in every shot. In 1898, so in 1898, Cassius bought the hotel. And then at that time, it was called Sock Center, I think, hotel. The hotel was? Okay. Yeah. And then two years later, this on June 27th, the hotel caught fire, burned to the ground. They think that the fire started in the kitchen. Nobody died. Um, so Cassius collected the insurance money and sold it to a farmer. He then went into banking and was, like, super-duper successful, um, made a lot of money. When he died, he had 12 banks. Um, he owned 12 banks. So they then talked to um, former um, – what did I write? <laughs> talked to former Hitty Fire Chief John Egan. Egan? There were four fires on this property. So in September 1873, a barn caught fire and burned down from a cigar thrown in a haystack. Don't smoke. And don't um, throw your fucking stogie in a in a haystack. In a very where should I put this? Should I put it out in the water? Oh <laughs> I'll my god. Throw no, it in no. this highly flammable highly stack flammable of haystack. What could go wrong? Come on, let's go people. have some moonshine and kick it off. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, for next week. That's for next week. Yeah, I know. Um, so then February 3rd of 1885, there was another fire, but they don't know how or when that started. Then the the biggest fire was July 31st in 1905. Um, this made headlines. There were 45 people trapped in the hotel. Eight employees oh. were trapped up on the third floor, and they had to jump out the window onto a canopy. Oh. Not to their deaths, as I wrote here. Nobody died. <laughs> Nobody died. Okay. No. Good, good. What was what was I smoking earlier when I wrote these notes? <laughs> Nothing. Nobody Did, died. So they, you wrote you wrote they yeah. jumped to their death, yes. but nobody died. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote they had to jump out a window onto a canopy to their deaths. Wow, it's <laughs> dark. Plot twist. They Plot did twist. Not die. <laughs> In an M Night Shyamalan twist. <laughs> Nobody died. <laughs> oh, that um, M. Night Shyamalan twist would be a little bit different, but <laughs> it would be like yeah. 
They were actually not even at They were us. actually dreaming. Yeah. And they were camping and they woke up. They and were all s'mores. dead already. That's why they couldn't die. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. So Okay, so now we go to Amy. We're done with Steve. Um, so she steps on and she goes into the bar and she sees a skeleton dude. And this guy is prominent throughout the walk. He's the main guy. Um, and he's making her really, really stressed out. Um, she said living people would feel sudden and extreme nausea, projectile vomiting. Um, and she said there's a lot of residual energy all over the property. So um, she said people would have health symptoms like flu or cold symptoms. She said they would hear partying, glasses clinking, conversations, etc. She also sees shadow people like, but they're not actually shadow people. She said she thinks they're dead men and they're confused and she thinks they're crazy. Her word, not mine. So then they go into a, the kitchen and she said she sees a living woman being pushed out the door. The, there's a, a dead woman and she hates women, hates them, and she can interact with them. And so she can interact with, um, she can throw things and make the objects move. Um, and so that's where, if you remember, the bowl got pushed and thank God it wasn't a knife. Um, so now they go into the basement and Amy says, I'm not comfortable down here. She said she's constantly having to push the skeleton face man away from jumping her. Um, she said he's been trying to jump her the entire time she's been doing the walk. He indicated that he's deaf and he likes killing people. So the skeleton dude, she said, is very protective of the area and he gets physical with the living. So he'll push people. They'll get hit, slapped, punched. Um, and she said with the skeleton man, she sees a bank. Um, he had a lot of money and he lived around 1890. And the, the 1890s, she said, were very important to him. And he killed a lot of people when he was alive. So he was not a great person. Great. So they're okay. upstairs and all of a sudden you hear Amy coughing and she sees she's she's coughing. She's tasting smoke. She sees oh. a lot of smoke. She sees a woman trapped. She said she's dizzy. She's panicking. She can't breathe. And then she says she sees a man who lost his left eye. She said she can't see out of her left eye because oh, he was shot in the eye. So then we get to the reveal and it's our buddies, Kelly and Wyatt. So. Amy's like, okay, this is a gathering spot for the dead. There's a, and of course she's doing the sketch before this. And it's like, first of all, the sketch artist is super cute. He's kind of like, like, um, hipster, but like a badass hipster with like a sexy beard and like tatted up hands and rings. Uh That tracks because I looked at the sketches when you sent Mm -hmm. them to me. And at least the one looks like it should be in a comic book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that tracks. So then um, she says it's a gathering spot for the dead. Huge collection of residual energy all over the property, she said. She said the living will hear parting. Um, they're consistently and consistently being exposed to the residual energy, she said, can make people sick. And that's when you get your headaches, your nausea, your vomiting, all of that. Um, so she said, and then she went up to the third floor and she tasted smoke. And that's when Steve recaps the, the fires. So then we go into the dining room. And she talks about the man who is dead um, with no eyes, she said, but he's in denial. She said his death happens so fast that he doesn't know he's dead. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? No. No. Like, why can't everybody see me? Yeah. Why can't you hear me? Yeah. Can you imagine how many years he spent shouting at people, like trying to get them to hear him? So then we go, she said, she talks about the third floor and she said she sees four to six shadow beings who were severely mentally ill when they were alive. And she said they are not shadow people. They were, you know, living people who have died. And she said the living who were exposed to them might have mood changes and they might see them. And that's when Kelly talks about um, the employees getting angry. And then she said she feels like this hotel is her purpose in life, that she's supposed to be a steward. And that's when Steve says, this is, you know, I told you that she won't leave. Like, she won't leave. And so that's when, uh, also when um, Amy talks about the dead woman in the kitchen, pushing the female out the door, and then they talk about the mixing bowl incident. So then she said, I'm going to refer to- The mixing bowl incident. Incident, yeah. I just named it. Yeah. So there's a main male entity, um, Mm -hmm. and she said she is, uh, she's referring to him as Skeletty Face, and she said he is, she's very concerned about him. Um, she said that he's powerful and he's dangerous and she, he's very secretive. Um, she said she did get that he was a white guy, 
had lots of money, lived in the 1800s, and he's killed several people. And oh, that's geez. when Steve's like, well, you know, I just got this guy named Cassius. And he started talking about Cassius and how he was in the war. And Amy said, no, it's not him. She said, oh. this guy's killings were not known. They were not public knowledge. Because oh. Steve is like, well, you know, he was in a war. I mean, I'm sure uh-huh. he... And then he talked about the mass execution, and Cassius was involved in that. And Amy said, no, it's not him. I love it when she does that. When Steve's I like, I know who you're talking about. And then she's like, yeah, no. So then she said she's very concerned that he can mimic voices, which scares oh. that. Like, I... Had an experience with this. Yeah, I was in an apartment and I was with my ex. And I will swear on a stack of Bibles that he came home and taught. And we had a conversation. I was in the shower and he came home. And then I heard the door open and close. And then I asked, like, I got out of the shower and I asked him, I said, where did you go? And he said, what do you mean, where did I go? And I said, well, you were here and then you left. Like, did you go get cigarettes? Like, where did you go? And he said, I... I haven't been here. And I said, shut the fuck up. Yes, you have. I said, we literally had a conversation. Like, we had a conversation. You, like, and he was like, no, it's not. It wasn't me. Didn't and he happen. even posted on Facebook. He's like, oh, Megan's going crazy. Oh, no. I'm like, well, thanks for gaslighting me. I was um, going to say that sounds like it might be gaslighting more than paranormal was, shit. Yeah. I mean, and, and I wouldn't put it past him because he was a douche right. um, to, to do something like that. But. Yeah. With all the activity I had in that apartment, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I believe it was something. But she said, yeah, it can mimic voices. So Kelly said that's a common occurrence, which funny, Kelly, you didn't mention that before. Um, <laughs> she said employees will go looking for coworkers who are calling to them. And she said they'll go looking all over and find that they're alone. So um, she said he's going to do what he can to get to the living. And that's when she brings out the sketch. And so, of course, Steve opens and he's like, oh, and she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you see the sketch and it's terrifying because what it is, is it's like, it's like a mobster almost. So skeleton guy has kind of a pin straight suit, on, suit mm-hmm. on. He's punching a person in the back of the, in their back. Mm-hmm. And then in the corner, you see um another spirit holding another spirit hostage. Like this person is sitting in a chair and holding this person around the neck. So this is what she calls skeletal face. And she said he's the main entity. And she said uh, he's doing what he can to to bring out the living, uh, to get the living. And then she she talks about the people, um, the the three to, the four to six shadow figures. And so she brings those up. And that one is really disturbing too because the shadow figures, some of them aren't even solid like they're unraveling they're they're i don't want to say shadowy because they're shadowy but they're blurry they're not and then there's the one hanging from the ceiling yeah and there's one hanging from the ceiling and and kelly has said that some of her employees have seen things crawling up the walls they've seen shadow figures on the ceiling so then steve is like well what can you know can they do and then that's when amy said i have something to say really quickly a few days after my walk, I see that you're doing an event here. A ghost tour. Yeah. Ooh, and um, someone's in trouble. Uh-huh. No, sh- <laughs> no, she didn't. <laughs> so she's like, did you notice that when you and she goes, how long have you been doing these ghost tours? She said four to five years. And Amy said, uh, did you notice that the activity increased uh, when you started the ghost tours? Mm. And Kelly would say, I, I would say that's fair. Yes. Say yes or no, Kelly. She's busted and she feels stupid. You have all this. Sh- you're doing this. You're inviting these spirits. And then you're complaining that they're there. You're inviting them in and you're complaining that they're there. This is this rings of Elvis from yes! our first episode. Oh, it's who's Elvis. like oh, I did all this shit with my dandelion jar and I opened up a portal and uh, now oh, I'm shocked that I'm shocked. there's some shit and a weird lady hanging over my bed. What? So then Amy kind of lectures them and she's like, A big reason of why I do what I do is the dead. These were people and they still are people. It's easy, I think, for the living 
um, to have a disassociation uh, with that concept. And um, that is that is absolutely it is true. Very true. I mm-hmm. mean, you don't think of a ghost as being a person. Yeah, you think of a ghost as being scary, or at least I do. So then Steve confronts Kelly. Oh, Kelly, you never talked about the ghost tours when you never brought this up. I never thought of that as being a contributing factor. So um, so then Amy asks, she said, what do you want to be? She said, do you want the ghosts gone? And Kelly says, if they need moving on, I'm in complete support of that. And my next bullet point is answer a fucking question. <laughs> do you want them here or not? Obviously, you don't because you invited them in. Them. Um, Amy and Steve, not the ghosts, which you did invite yeah. them in. She invited them all. But. And then, uh, you know, Steve is like, well, Wyatt, are, are you going to support her? And Wyatt's like, I'll do whatever she needs. I've known her for seven months, but we're here to the death. <laughs> so then Amy said they'll need a male medium who is also a chaos magician. And I looked and I could not figure out what a chaos magician is. I meant to look up a chaos magician. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If anybody knows... Please let us know. DM us, email, email us, leave a message on our phone, whatever. Yep. Facebook message us. Yeah. Let us know. Yep. If you are one, Please you are welcome to come on and be a guest. Mm-hmm. We would love to interview you. Yep. So she said they need a male medium who is also a chaos magician. He will collect the dead skeleton guy, remove him, and also will clear the basement of him and any residual energy. And so then it says the follow-up, Kelly is working with a chaos magician and the activity has slowed down. So it continues. It continues. But at a slower pace. Yeah. She's not answering that, oh, I didn't think that was a contributing factor. Oh, she fucking knew. She knew it. That's why she didn't tell them. She was hoping that they wouldn't figure it out. And you know what? Why would you... Bring in a medium and hope that they're not going to figure out something. Amy knows what the fuck she's doing. Yep. This has been. This isn't her first rodeo. Exactly. She's been doing it for many years. And this yep. is nine seasons in. Mm-hmm. It, have you ever watched the show? Mm-hmm. Nothing gets past her. No. That you've got to be honest. So that's the end of that episode. But I was. Uh, I had a lot of feelings about her because. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, they were, it was a really, really good one. I mean, in other news, we do have our first five-star review. Yeah! It just and came it, up, like, just before we went to, to record today. And it wasn't from either of us. No, it wasn't. I've never interviewed my own podcast. I, I mean, have, I've thought of it. I haven't yeah. done it, but... <laughs> But yeah, no, I got an email that said we had a new review. So it says, five stars. Amy and Megan do a phenomenal and entertaining job of recounting and dissecting episodes of The Dead Files. Their recaps give interesting detail and great insight. Overall, a fantastic listen, even if you haven't seen the episode they're talking about, or the show for that matter, though I suggest watching the show. It's pretty great. It is pretty great. Thank you so much for that. We yes. really appreciate the five-star reviews. I think it was Missy O. Bean, Missy I think o. was the username. Oh. Cute. Maybe like Missy Toby <laughs> for animals. Missy O. Bean, do you have toe beans? Toe Are bean. you a kitty or a puppy? <laughs> that would be <laughs> That'd be trip. great typing. Especially with no opposable thumb. So we're excited mm-hmm. about that. If you like us, go ahead and you can leave a review either on our website which is the is listed in the show notes or on Apple or I think Apple's the only other place that we would see it and would know about it. There's lots of places you can leave reviews. Uh, so go ahead and leave them, leave us a review. If you, if you like us, if you don't like us, there's no need to say anything. Please don't. Yeah. We don't, we don't need those negative no. uh-huh. thoughts in our lives. Uh-huh. Keep those to yourself. So, you know, there's inward thoughts and there's outward thoughts and those would be inward thoughts. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if you have, if you have constructive, constructive criticism, we're happy to hear that. that. Yes. That's great. But just uh, don't be mean. Don't be mean. We're sensitive. 
We're very sensitive. I cry easily. I cry at Folgers commercials. Okay? I, oh my God, at Christmas, anytime I was watching TV and mm-hmm. they had all those Christmas um, commercials on, like the Etsy ones. Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah. God. With the the guy giving his grandpa the the Christmas stocking with the black Santa on it. Oh. Yeah. Or the Budweiser commercials during Super Bowl. Oh. Any Budweiser commercial during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, God, I cry hard. Like the one with the horse, yes. the, the man raised him yes. when he was a baby, and then he became the Budweiser horse, and he uh, sees him in the yep. parade. Yep, 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 yep. I cried. Touches the heart. So the point of that is please don't leave mean reviews. Please be nice to us. Yeah, be nice. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Activity Continues. We hope you'll join us next time. And we're going to try something new next time. It's called a theme. A theme. Yeah. So we're going to cover cases that take place in the South. So bring your moonshine. (laughs) Um, So Amy is covered, I think it's season one, episode uh, 17 on Hulu, and it's called Surrounded. Um, and it takes place in Cedar Park, Texas, and it has to do with the KKK. And Megan is going to do season one, all the way back to season one. I know. Episode nine, and it's called Sca- Scandal in the South. And I believe it takes place in Georgia. Ooh. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you next time when the activity, the activity continues. continues. Hi friends, Amy here. I produce The Activity Continues and it is part of the Independent Collected Sounds Podcast Network. We hope you join us next time. Nailed it.